Let me just tell you exactly what my message is. The Republican Party will soon be known as the party of health care. You watch. I'm Dan Diamond. This is Pulse Check, and that was President Donald Trump on Tuesday, one day after his administration called for the Affordable Care Act to be struck down in court. President Trump is right that Republicans will be known for health care, but maybe for the wrong reason. Democrats and advocates are ferociously attacking the party for its latest efforts to reduce coverage. And that's one issue I wanted to discuss with today's guest, Indiana Senator Mike Braun. He's new to D.C. and unusual for a freshman Republican senator, he wants to be a leader on health care, introducing a series of bills around health costs and transparency. We sat down in the Senate on Wednesday morning before news broke that a judge struck down Medicaid work requirements in Arkansas and Kentucky. You'll hear that conversation in a moment. But first, a reminder that if you like Politico Pulse Check, you can help us by rating or reviewing the show on your favorite podcast app. Every rating or review helps us get discovered by new listeners. And now, here's Senator Mike Braun. Senator Mike Braun, welcome to Politico Pulse Check, and welcome to Washington. Good to be here, and uh, it's great to be talking about something that I've spent a lot of time on before I got here, uh, health care. So uh, many other subjects to boot, but that's a key one. It really has been an area that you've tried to make make a name for yourself in. And I, I want to get to your policies and, and what you're thinking about health care. But first, maybe start with the news of the week. Yeah. The Trump administration has moved to call the courts to strike down the Affordable Care Act. Yes or no, is that a good idea? So that's been around for a while. Those suits have been out there to uh, disenfranchise the Affordable Care Act. Early on, philosophically, I would have been for it because it was a disaster crafted. For, for striking down the Affordable Care Act. Early on, but that's right when it started because I knew that it was the get-together of a dysfunctional federal government with big health care. When has that ever uh, resulted in better results and lower costs. It was doomed to fail. So in that George ca- W. Bush passed Medicare Part D, though he passed a drug expansion. Was that big government and and a dysfunctional? Some of that system? stuff, you know, has uh, justification. But once it gets into the system of the federal government, it always gets expensive and it doesn't work well. You know, and that can so easily be explained that we do all of this. But we borrow a trillion dollars a year to get it done, and it's on $22 trillion in debt. Whether it's Bush, Clinton, Obama, Trump, you're part of a problem that regardless of what you think the federal government should do, it's going to end in a bad result. Uh, so uh, I, as a campaigner, as a conservative fiscal uh, guy that uh, – you know, was behind doing infrastructure in my state because I thought it was a tangible, you know, result that you get and got on the floor and talked about how businesses ought to lead on it. We did it. It made sense for the crossroads of America. When it comes to health care, there's nothing more dear than the health of your family and your family's education. Ironically, those are the two most expensive things we spend money on. Well, just to bring it back, though, to the Affordable Care Act, as you were saying, originally yeah. you would have been for striking it down. But this new move... Now, to me, that's been how long have those suits been out there? And if we are going to be talking about having to repeal 
Obamacare when the essence of what any federal health care plan is going to be paying uh, for pre-existing conditions covered, no cap on coverage, and being able to keep your kids on a plan till they're 26. I did that in my own business, some of that stuff before it was the law to do it. And the idea wasn't bad. It was just that it was doomed to fail as Obamacare. should have been called the Unaffordable Care Act. So that ship has sailed. Anything that we do is going to encompass those things. Just because that was part of Obamacare, you know, I don't – if the suits continue, we better be very articulate with a plan that is very explicit and detailed in terms of what we're going to do. We didn't do that the last time. So I just want to make sure I'm understanding you because yeah. I didn't hear a yes or a no on yeah. whether you supported the Trump administration move. It sounds like you were against the Affordable Care Act, but now that it's here, you want there to be a replacement. I think I don't see how there's any way that we can push a lawsuit with all the confusion it's going to create when we're there to take those three concepts, build it into a new system. I hold the industry accountable. If they're not smart enough to see that all of this is generated because we're all generally frustrated with their poor product, the quality is okay, but it's cost too much. And in even some cases, we're ranked you know, not in the top 25 with results. There, there are these international comparisons where other nations yes. pay significantly less per person and get significantly right. better outcomes. So your your thoughts on this Trump administration move on the Affordable Care Act? Yeah. President Trump came to lunch with Senate Republicans yep. yesterday. Did you did you We didn't talk about the the lawsuit. He ended the conversation. Of course he was exuberant about the fact that the Mueller report is out and that's a heavy or, or the bar letter interpretation of the Mueller report. The report yes. itself is All I can out, tell yeah. you is that probably is going to be dangerous for the Democrats to keep pushing. I think independents, conservative Democrats, some of the Republicans that, you know, were kind of leaning the direction of let's see what happens. I think if they dwell on it, they're going to see where that's pushing the issue too far. Is this Affordable Care Act lawsuit decision going to be dangerous for Republicans like you? I think it's going to be confusing. It's not going to be for me because when they tried to tie me to it in the campaign, I said I'm for unequivocally covering pre-existing conditions, no cap on coverage, and your kid, kids being able to stay on the plan till they're 26. I just go to the meat of an issue and all this other stuff is static and distraction. All I'm telling you is if we're going to have credibility as conservatives, it's going to be difficult to push our programs that cover those concepts and have the American public believe it. To me, that ship has sailed. Let's get back to your path. You were on MSNBC this week talking about health care. That is a place and a topic yep. that lots of Republicans fear to tread. Uh, my understanding is you've pushed to be on the Senate Help Committee, which oversees health care issues. You're here talking to me. Now, I've, I've spoken with GOP leaders, including on this podcast, yeah. who have said this is not a Republican issue. Why are you choosing to make health care a priority? Whoever said that, it better have been several months ago or years ago, because if they don't think health care is a defining issue, you know, uh, they're not seeing things clearly because – I always, and I said it on the floor when I you know, was trying to debunk the Green New Deal, because... This is the Democrats' proposal for Medicare yes, for All. for and Medicare and, you know, what they want to do with uh, uh, climate uh, issues and so forth. It's not practical, because I said earlier, we spend $4.3 in this government. We only pay for 
they either want to double or triple it is what it would be annually in terms of the federal government. There's no revenue scheme that works, period, that can generate much more than a couple hundred to $300 billion before you start squashing the economy. Most people here don't understand that kind of stuff. So when it comes to health care, uh, I said it earlier, educating your kids and keeping your family healthy are the two most important things for all of us, conservatives, liberals, Democrats, Republicans. And if and we've been apologists for the health care industry as conservatives. That's why we're so far down the trail, letting them operate in an industry that's so important with no transparency to where they're not doing the things that all other businesses do for their customers. What, what do you mean by apologists for the healthcare industry? There should have been guys like me taking on the insurance companies like I did in my own business 10 years ago uh, when they said, you're lucky, Mike, it's only going up 5 to 10%. That wasn't flying with me. And when I got through when we had 300 employees back then, the truth serum, you know, started to take effect. They told me about what it takes to lower health care costs. And they said one thing, you know, especially when I grilled them for how much money they were making on my plan, it was exorbitant. And I, unlike almost anyone else, decided to self-insure because most businesses don't want to mess with it. Because uh, it's such a headache for It's for a headache. It's a complicated subset. Uh, for me, I like tackling big problems, and I'm not afraid to talk about any of these issues. Long story short, after that three-hour meeting, we drastically cut costs. I made the commitment to reinvest that in reserves and cost reductions. My employees have not paid a nickel more for good health insurance now in nine years, and we lowered family health care plans by 1400 bucks a year. People didn't believe me on the campaign trail because, first of all, didn't think it could happen, and I was running as a fiscal conservative or Republican because we have no credibility. One of your former employees at Meyer, uh, Heath Klumper, told my colleague at Politico, Alice yeah. Miranda Olstein, that your company's plan was, quote, not real insurance. If I did ever have to go to the hospital, I'd have been screwed. And according to Alice's reporting, the deductible for employees of your company was $5,000 That's a year. True. On healthcare before bills are covered for families, ten thousand dollars. That's much higher than other deductibles. Here's where you're going to get a little pushback, and he didn't cover the rest of it. My plan cost my employees only seventy-four bucks a month. So the only thing you're certain to pay in your insurance plan is your premium contribution, and I've held it that way for nine years. So that's about roughly eight hundred bucks a year. And with the changes I made, incentivizing that you shop around, you look for what stuff's going to cover, my average individual only enters into that deductible $1,400 a year. So if you take the $1,400 in the $800, $2,200, the uh, similar Obamacare exchange plan costs you about $5,500 a year, and then you've got your deductible on top of it. That's the difference, and that's the part that you didn't hear. It depends. If you want someone to pay for everything when you uh, enter the healthcare system, you're going to pay a lot for it. That's the current industry that likes it. They charge you huge premiums because they take care of co-pays. We did things to emphasize wellness, not remediation, 
We created health savings accounts, which he didn't mention. And he didn't mention that he hadn't paid a nickel more in all those years. There's not another business in the country that can probably say that. So how much time do you think you spent running <laughs> this business that was not a healthcare business? How much did you spend in terms of mental space on healthcare for your employees, negotiating for healthcare? Was this 10 yes. hours a week, 20 hours a week? From 2004 to 2008, when we were growing quickly, and we're now five times as large as we were just 10 years ago. So you had to have a little bit of foresight to know that this was going to mushroom to at least a scale of five times what it was going to be back when we talked about it. I knew the stage was set for my company to grow. The only thing that was dragging us down was health insurance and the cost of it because it wasn't a good plan. It was based upon fixing and remediation, not prevention, not wellness, and we just fixed everything at once. So as a business owner, yeah. would it have been better for you if your business wasn't in the business of healthcare? If, say, Medicare for All existed and you didn't have to worry about? Well, I'm glad you said that because that ought to be the main thing that motivates the industry to get with it. Because believe me, many business owners... Many of us that are conservatives can't figure out why we are the administer of private health care insurance through our businesses, and it's grown in that way, and it's gotten so complicated. My mission is to still keep it there, keep it in the private arena so that we keep the best of the system and lower the costs, because when the business partner in healthcare becomes the federal government, Believe me, there are going to be some disadvantages to go along with the lower costs that will eventuate. There are a lot of hospitals who don't want Medicare for all because they're worried about the payment sure, rates that are going to because come. they don't get paid as much through Medicare and Medicaid. And the fact is, almost every healthcare uh, hospital chain, uh, Rick Scott, who's been in with me on a lot of this early uh, bill dropping that we've done to set the stage, he agrees too. The industry is broken and he's got an inside view because he was part of it. So You mentioned bill dropping. You have already put out three bills. There's a fourth bill coming on transparency right. a few hours after we speak. Can, can you explain why you, a freshman senator who's only been here a few months, yeah. you're pushing legislation? That's, that's unusual to see from a Republican on health care. It's probably unusual from a Republican and a freshman. And uh, absolutely, I signed a term limits pledge. I'm not going to camp out here. I, I wouldn't be here more than two terms. I'm not going to waste any time. And one of the big uh, opportunities you have here is to do this. And as far as little as we get across the finish line, all the high-fiving and kumbayaing with the criminal justice reform bill, I was glad it happened. I then asked the question, well, when did it start? 11 to 12 years ago. Yeah, these are long slogs. I mean, if any past. business, if any state government operated like that, you'd get, uh, you know, zipped by your competition in the real world. And state governments don't have the luxury of being so slow and so ineffective and then piling it on the credit card to boot. Why do you think it is so slow and ineffective? You must have thoughts on, on why D.C. is so gummed up. It's because... Uh, one of the my favorite parts of uh, our founding fathers was when Thomas Jefferson said, the thing I fear most is when the voter will try to vote himself, herself into prosperity. And I always wondered that sounded so uh, out there and uh, kind of uh, abstract. It's happening. And believe me, politicians, 
and bureaucrats are going to be happy to accommodate. So we've just grown up with a system where everybody's looked to the federal government because it's funding capabilities, which is powerful, but they've never had any of the restraints that I'm sure Thomas Jefferson couldn't see what this world economy was going to look like now, but he sure was prescient when it comes to, you know, how things have evolved. The new legislation that you're pushing on transparency, this is around costs in healthcare. Right. There are so many different costs in healthcare. It really depends <laughs> on which one you're referencing. There are costs that get yeah. negotiated. There are costs that, that might get put on an yeah. ad somewhere that might not be the real cost. What exactly are you trying to accomplish with this new bill? So... Charge maskers, arcane, confusing, kind of, uh, that's what hospitals start with. This is the, like the menu that are, a hospital has. Many of them are bragging about they put it out there on the web. Well, it's still like almost coded. Uh, a lot of times you can't understand even what the procedure is they're talking about. Uh, when it comes to negotiated deals between providers and healthcare companies, uh, insurance companies, we need to know that. The consumer is so smart and has a tool now with your phone and the internet that was never around. You get this stuff out there and the heavy lifting will be done by the users, which is what's happened in my plan. And even though I've had to work hard because the transparency is there only when you look hard to find it. If it's universally out there, all the people that are so smart at crowdsourcing ideas, at using this technology to get, accomplish anything, it'll start to cascade the cost down, and the industry will have to compete, you know, to then contend with that. So I want to make sure I'm understanding this. What you're saying is that with more price transparency, consumers will be able to push back because they'll they'll navigate the system with more knowledge. That's your contention. No doubt about it. Where do you, in any other place, uh, when you buy something, do you not ask how much does it cost? Only in healthcare, because it's so paternalistic through private provided insurance through employers, and even that way through Medicare. Most people don't, when they uh, you know get uh, their pr uh, procedure paid for through Medicare or Medicaid, they don't know what it costs until maybe they see a bill afterwards. But there should even be uh, tools to where uh, – Patients that are getting uh, procedures and uh, services through Medicare and Medicaid see what it costs. This idea, though, that we need more price transparency in healthcare, that's not new. And one of the challenges is if I am rushed to the hospital with a heart attack, I'm not saying, wait, I need to call up the price of, of my treatment on my phone. There's a lot of healthcare that doesn't most of, matter what the price Most is. of healthcare, though, is not done through the emergency room. And that would be a tricky thing other than get your costs out there on an emergency room. Mitch Daniels, and I'll tell you how that would work back at Purdue, eight years ago, started freezing tuition. And I was a state legislator then, and about the third year of doing it, you know, that I mentioned earlier, uh, education. That's about as murky and clouded and accepting in terms of people that, you know, buy it, either students through loans or uh, families and paying for it. Dismal results. Many of these degrees end up with 80 to 100 grand spent and uh, graduates back in the basement. So uh, he put that out there and now is shaming other institutions, especially within Indiana, to match it. Even on any aspect of healthcare delivery, if you can see it, any form of it, government paid, especially the commercial private insurance side of it, 
consumers will start directing traffic. My understanding, freshman legislators don't often introduce legislation. You, you mentioned how unusual it is for yeah. you. Do you know if the Senate Help Committee is going to back these bills? That's a challenge. They're going to know that I'm out there talking about it, and I'm going to gain their respect and of my peers because of the knowledge I'm going to bring to it. Uh, Rick Scott will do the same thing. And this won't be as I tried it in the state house when I was a freshman and couldn't even get a bill hearing for three years. But now the issue has moved so much more to the forefront that I think even though this is a slower, more gummed up institution than our state legislature would have been, that there's going to be more chance for getting from the back of the pile to the front. So your strategy is to talk to someone like me as you're trying to build momentum for your Thank you for helping me. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm mostly just interested in your background. It's rare to have a Republican senator push this hard on health care so yeah. quickly. You are from Indiana. Yeah. Indiana healthcare has has made a major stamp on this administration. HHS Secretary Alex Azar from Indiana, Eli Lilly's U.S. President, yep. Seema Verma, the CMS Administrator, also from Indiana, advised Mike Pence, the Vice President, who is Indiana yep. Governor. Has that helped you develop your legislation, knowing those folks in the administration? It has, but mostly what's helped me is what I did through my own company. Uh, I met Alex Azar, and of course, he put the ruling out there to direct the PBM rebates directly to the end user or the pharmacy. PBMs being the middlemen in, in pharma. Totally unneeded. There's no other industry that's got a middleman that's helping you figure out how to, what drugs to use and, you know, how much you should pay. That should be done by the pharma companies and the distributors. Uh, only here where there's so much margin in the stuff that they do, uh, are you going to get an industry that got created that was not necessary. Your state, Indiana, has pursued work requirements in the Medicaid program. Now, yes. Medicaid was created not for work reasons. It was created as a health care safety net. Right. Is there any evidence that those work requirements are actually making people healthier in Indiana? Well, when I think, when I look at work requirements, whether it's for uh, welfare, whether it's for food stamps, uh, whether it's for uh, you know, healthcare. I think that whenever we can uh, incentivize that uh, with the labor, you know, participation rate being low in this country, uh, that was a surprising statistic, lower here than many of the other countries that we view as being more socialist. Uh, something needs to be done to help move in that direction. I think it's a more noble direction to move. It gives uh, dignity to the individual that might have gotten on to becoming too dependent on government and still do it in a way that you're encouraging, creating knowledge to maybe make that transition. Uh, I'd always be in uh, favor of trying to move in that direction without being harsh doing it. There's evidence out of Arkansas, which has led the way yeah. on these work requirements, that nearly 20,000 people have lost coverage unclear how many of them have moved towards jobs. Does that sway your opinion at all? I think you got to be careful there because I don't think it can be something that you use as a cudgel to, you know, have that kind of result. So a lot of times when you've transitioned into a system like ours, which I said it early on, the federal government is doing too much. The Green New Deal, Medicare for All, it's fantasy talk when 
we're currently running trillion-dollar deficits. So whatever we can do to lower our deficits, and whether that means moving more people into the workforce, relying less on government, anything, we need to do it. Last question. Lots of people have come to Washington, D.C. with bold dreams of changing <laughs> healthcare. Lots of smart people. Our system is still screwed up. What do you think uh, is your, okay. your killer app, your skill, your insight that will make you different when all these other folks have failed? So when I decided to do this, you can tell I uh, was a feisty Main Street entrepreneur. And when you take on the health insurance industry on your own, it was my son and I, uh, what's the differentiator? Loaded with smart people here. I mean, intelligence and raw intelligence is uh, up to a certain point, you get diminishing returns from it. And until you get folks like me uh, that actually have done things in the real world along the lines of what I talked about, we've got, before I got here, I think there were 62 lawyers, and now we're down to 60. And you think that's an improvement? That's an improvement because I almost became one. Glad I didn't. I went into the real world of building something of real value. And if we get more of us each round, whether it's on my side of the aisle or the other side, you're going to get better uh, solutions crafted. Your fellow freshman senator, Mitt Romney, uh, sits on the Senate Health Committee with you. He also ran a company and he passed a major health reform in Massachusetts. That's right. Do you know more than Mitt Romney about health care? I'm going to know as much as, if not more, in the sense that I've done it from the user side, uh, not from the government side. Uh, I've done it to where I've, uh, and I don't know what Mitt's uh, uh, program is doing there now. All I can tell you is mine has been sustainable. It's created better health care results, and my employees haven't paid a nickel more in nine years. Uh, I'd use that as a standard for any of us to follow, whether it's through government or the private sector. Well, Senator Braun, we will watch your health care legislation very closely on Politico Pulse Check. Thank you for making time for this conversation. You're welcome. Enjoyed it. That's it for Pulse Check this week. My thanks to Senator Mike Braun and his team for making time for our conversation, Mikaela Rodriguez and Dave Shaw on Politico's end for producing the show. You can find Pulse Check on all of your favorite podcast apps to search for Politico Pulse Check. You can find me at ddiamond at politico.com by email. And you can find a new episode of Politico Pulse Check in your podcast player next week.